Y'all ready? Buckled up? Oh, man. Um, I'm having some fun, and uh, let me fill you in on a little bit of what... Thank you so much. He knows that lighting is one of the things that ministers to me the most. It's great. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Tommy. I pastor the church here. It's a huge joy. Um, I just want to fill you in on something just that the Lord's been speaking to me about and even our leadership team a bit is, is just enjoying the Lord. Isn't that simple? But how often we just get in these like rhythms where, where it goes out of that, you know, where we, lost, where we lose our joy somewhere along the way. And I, I shared with you guys a little bit ago where the Lord was speaking to me um, about a month ago and he's like, Tommy, it's just church. And he's basically like, chill out. You can relax a little bit. Enjoy. And I've even been thinking about, I'm, I'm a person with a very high responsibility. That's one of my, my gifts. It's also one of the things that makes me feel burdened a lot. But having high responsibility is one reason the Lord's like, chill out. It's just church. And, um, and I have this responsibility of souls that need to be saved, all the sheep they need to grow, you know, like all the things that we love to see. Um, but sometimes we can take good responsibility and turn it into false responsibility. And the Lord has been speaking to me and said, your primary responsibility is to stoke the flame of the Holy Spirit in your life. Your primary responsibility is to not just do the things that feel good and are probably good. But your primary responsibility is the living flame of love. His name is Jesus Christ. And are you tending to that flame within you? In each area of your life, are you able to take the time to stoke the fire of Jesus within you in that area? And so I've just been examining that the last few weeks. And some things mean that the calendar needs to change. It's like, how many, how many nights are we doing good things, but maybe we push a few to January? Because we need to be burning. We need that oil filled up, right? And, and so I just even want to challenge you guys. This is not really part of what I was uh, really wanting to hit today, but I just want to let you into kind of a corporate journey of just enjoying the Lord. Like, the abundant life in Jesus is real. And if, if that is the promise... How have we disconnected and how do we need to connect with joy and peace and righteousness to live in the fullness of what Jesus paid for? It doesn't mean that every, every twist and turn is going to be comfortable. It doesn't mean that every twist and turn is going to be easy. But there is an eternal joy that can be actually manifest in your life knowing Jesus. Because it's one of his titles. He is joy itself. So I just want to challenge us with that and start to let that marinate in our lives. Where have you lost joy and how can you, with the Lord, regain your joy in that area? Sound good? Um, I, I have something planned, but I also have off-roading planned today. <laughs> so, someone loves a good off-road. That's good. And um, so I'm, just, I'm actually just up here seeing, Lord, what do you want to do? Because... We got a nice little meaty sermon here prepped for you in the kitchen. Um, but maybe what I'll start is a just starting point of, of where we're headed, and then we'll probably steer off course. Sound good? All right. I want to preach today for probably a sermonette, a small chunk, on living in tension and trust. 
Would you open up with me to Proverbs 3? Living in tension and trust. I'll probably hit this for a little bit. And then there's a few people that I had on deck ready to minister Jesus Christ, Savior of the world, to you today. (laughs) Okay, let's read together. Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the, the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. In God's infinite wisdom, he has designed our lives to be um, filled with these different parts that many of them we find the truth, where we find we can feel the light of God on it. We can see the sword divide what is right and wrong. And there's the promise of scripture that says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We, we don't live in a time where we get to water down truth because of our own emotions or our preferences. We actually have an awesome guidebook called the Holy Scriptures. And there are areas of scripture that are black and white. They give us a way of life. They give us the way of Jesus. They give us a way to live holy and pleasing and righteous. They give us a way to live inspired and full of life. Now, knowing the truth that sets you free and and a way to walk in it. There are also areas of scripture and there are areas of life that are very gray. There are areas of mystery. There are areas of tension. And as just as important as it is to see truth clearly, to see what God has chosen to reveal plainly by the spirit, truth that sets us free, as important as clarity and revelation of truth is and how it actually defines our walk, the truths of who God is, his character, who we are in him, our identity, how to live in the world around us, how he desires us and desires for us to live in maturity and character and to look like Jesus, we get to also hold mystery before us and it's just as important. When we live our lives as followers of Jesus and we have that desire to know him and to cultivate that living relationship, how many of you know it's not just about religion, it's not just about the do's and the don'ts. It is about a living, active relationship with God himself. And I can guarantee you that if you are following Jesus in that way of a living relationship, you'll look back in five years and you'll be really in awe of the things that God has done, what he's shown you, how he's shaped you and molded you and transformed you, how he's stretched you and how you've increased in understanding. But in his wisdom, he is, he is very comfortable having plenty in our lives that we are uncomfortable about, where we cannot explain and maybe that we can't change and control those things. 
And more than having all of the perfect answers and having everything tidy in little boxes, he has designed us to live in relationship with him. And this relationship means that a continual dependency made way by trust. And for trust to be an option, there has to be the unexplainable. A few weeks ago, we looked back at Acts chapter 2, and there the Spirit of God was poured out. It was the birth of the church, Acts chapter 2. Let's first look at Luke 24 that paves the way. Luke 24, verse 44, Jesus is speaking, speaking to his followers and said, these are my words that I've spoken to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And I find this fascinating that he opened their minds because true understanding of truth and the scriptures and how it's all connected is a gift of God itself. Verse 44, he said to them, thus it's written that that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. The disciples, his followers, those with him were eyewitnesses, and they were guardians of the gospel message. Verse 49, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Here he is saying, stay in the city till you're clothed with power. He's talking about the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, promised by the Father. It was a sign prophesied that, that, that by John the Baptist that the Messiah had come and the Holy Spirit would enable the commissioning of his disciples. He says, I am sending you, ensuring the certainty of the coming power of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 50, He led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, Jesus blessed them. Verse 51, while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Now we're talking about this this promise of the Holy Spirit and, and we saw this move of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter two that we talked about But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is a transformative power of a God, it is a birthing of the church into a baptism of fire. The Holy Spirit bringing power and God's enabling grace to his people, filling them with boldness, great faith, and filling filling them with his glory. But we see there are two main purposes of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and most of us are familiar with the first. It seems most emphasized that that the power, this power is for signs, wonders, miracles, and the demonstration of the power of God after the preaching of the gospel. But the second main purpose of the baptism of fire, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit flooding our lives, is to give us power for endurance. For endurance. If you understand everything, having all the answers, everything's going perfectly, Endurance isn't necessary, is it? But endurance is absolutely needed when things don't go the way that you were hoping they would, when the answers seem delayed and still delayed, and God, I'm still waiting. Where you at? This is painful. Endurance is needed when you've tasted the goodness of God 
and you have a burning heart for him, but there are continual tragedies and pains in life that we all wrestle through in this broken world. The power of the Holy Spirit is available for both purposes, the powerful preaching and demonstration of the gospel and the power for endurance of the saints through all of the darkness and mysteries of life. It's his power to see cancer bow at the name of Jesus, the power to see hearts open and lives captivated by the saving work and love of Jesus the Messiah, and it is the power to endure when we don't see the full measure of God's working power yet that we hoped for. Endurance. And trusting Jesus is one of the greatest joys and honors of our lives. It is the key to living in real peace, the peace that he promises that is past understanding, a peace so deep that your mind can't comprehend it, but you own it. It's the key to living in the Sabbath rest of Jesus, no longer just a day of the week that's set apart where there's rest, but Sabbath rest is Jesus himself who dwells within our hearts And we get to live in the Sabbath rest of Jesus into eternity. And it's the key to having a life full of the confidence of God's goodness and an unshakable rooted kind of faith. Trust is learning to depend on the nature and the attributes of God, who he really is and how he will show up in relationship with you. One of the most stunning attributes of God is that he is unchanging. Now, unchanging might not be the most glamorous description of God, is it? But when you know that God is unchanging, you actually grow in immense confidence of who he is, who he is in you, and who he will be through you. Uh, Hebrews 13.8, love this passage. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whether you're having a good day or you're having a really, really bad day, how he relates to you is not dependent on your ability. It's about depending on my father's nature to show up when I'm feeling fragile and weak. Galatians chapter four, let's read this together. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That's why, that is why, to receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, you are a son. And if you are a son, then you are an heir through God. There's a twofold approach here that I see in this, this cry of our hearts, Abba, Father. Abba, the, 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 the deepest longing of a little child in dependency can look towards his dad. It's, it's literally like if we're just saying daddy. It's like Abba, Abba. It's, it's the weakness and fragility that he actually craves for us to come to him as children. Now, it's Abba and Father. Father, if we can grasp that it's not just, not just that dependency as a child, but there's something about being an heir who arises with strength and knows who his father is 
and has matured to a place wielding a sword and having a confidence and having an authority that this is my father. This is who my father is and the authority that he has, he has in some awesome way given it to me to see the kingdom of darkness flee when I step out into authority. It's the beauty of being dependent as a little child and arising as a powerful son. When we activate trust, our confidence in God grows daily, seasonally, year by year. The situations, all those situations, the messes that you can think of right now in your life, all of those situations that used to intimidate us, they start to lose their power over us. What once was causing us to flip out now becomes an opportunity for faith to be activated. A trust and confidence that God is present, that he's got you, and that you can simply follow his lead in trust. I think that is an important attribute, to follow his lead in trust. Because sometimes people are out there acting a little, a little crazy, and they're like, but I trust God. And I'm like, it don't look like it. it. Looks like your lifestyle's a little sloppy. But if you're, if you're there with a yielded, a yielded obedience and that open heart before him, there's nothing like it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. Then he leads you in trust. In fact, God isn't just wanting to, to help you figure out your problems. Did you know that? He's not just here to be like your genie, helping you figure out your problems and simply get you through. Let's just figure out your problems, get you through this life, and then you got your ticket to heaven. Cool. It's not how it works. He is very interested, though, in making you grow into all things in Christ. <laughs> And and he's very interested in letting the Holy Spirit work within you to transform your inner state to look more and more like Jesus. Very interested in that. So if we look at it that way, all of life's situations that come at you are actually trainings to become more like him. Do you see the flip there? When the things are coming at you, oh, this thing is really bothering me, really hard. This is a training to look more like Jesus. If you got to force that, no. It's by the Holy Spirit that he starts to shift our mindset to say, okay, this thing's really painful for a moment, but I'm going to start to bring this to God. This thing that's so difficult, I'm going to bring this to God. I can be open before him, but I know that his promise is that this too is a training to look more and more like Jesus in authority, in character, and in power. It all comes back learning to love and embody love itself, who is the person of Jesus. And so if we're looking at this passage of Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, with every part of you, let it be rooted, anchored, grounded, nourished by who he is, leaning not on our own understanding. Uh, The language here means don't lean on on that which supports you in the natural if I'm, le- if I'm leaning on something in the natural and what I can understand and, yeah, I think I got this theology figured out. Yeah, I think I got these rhythms figured out. But if we do that in our own strength, God is actually urging us here. Don't let what you merely see in the natural and comprehend in the natural. Don't let those things and that understanding be what holds you up. That is not the pillar that holds you up. And when you don't understand life circumstances right now, when there are areas of theology that you get really stuck and you get kind of offended about, 
Some of you offended by certain theology out there? It's okay, keep your hands down. This is a safe place. I don't want to reveal anyone. No one's offended. No one is offended by any theology. When you're offended by theology, heck, I, I'm offended by theolo- certain theology. And when you're tempted to really lean on what you're experiencing in a moment, the thoughts and the feelings that come and feel much more real, they feel much more real in the spiritual, he is urging us to not stay stuck and to lean purely on those things, but to lean on our Father. Don't lean on your own wisdom and your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. There is so much glory in the heartfelt surrender to the ways and the person of Jesus. That is the place of true rest, true peace, joy, power, leaning on him all the more. So God is still wanting to instill in us a lasting and abiding trust, even when the situations that are difficult come our way. He wants a bold faith that can powerfully manifest the next, next time you have a challenge that feels overwhelming. And in that place, working with the Lord, leaning upon him, he will reveal his glory to you and to the situation as one yielded before him. I I was just thinking of a story a little bit that that feels kind of extreme to me, but it's it's very motivational. Um, I love World War II stories. Um, Anything like Europe, World War II, I'm usually a fan of that film or television miniseries, um, whatever it may be. And I remember when I was a kid, I was pretty captivated with the, the film The Hiding Place. Are you guys familiar with Corrie Ten Boom? Um, Corrie Ten Boom and her family in the Netherlands were, were hiding Jews up in their, um, I think, third floor, somewhere, somewhere hidden away. And finally, they were, over time, they were caught and Corey and her sister Betsy were thrown into a concentration camp. In the concentration camp, in the, in the bunkers, there was a, a massive flea infestation that was taking place in, in her bunker. So much so that the guards would not even come into where they were staying. That's a lot of fleas. Use your imagination. It's a lot. And, and you can imagine how uncomfortable that was. Uh, I mean... Uncomfortable being a weak word to describe being at a concentration camp. I mean, you, we can't give language to how horrible that is. But in the middle of what felt absolutely awful in every way possible, where you would be crying out, where is God? Where is God? I mean, you, you look at World War II and the, the clarity of good and evil is so, is so clear and divided. And, and here we can see the utmost evil being demonstrated and, and two of God's daughters, who he's supposed to care for, provide for, protect, are in a concentration camp riddled with fleas, probably facing death at any day. And Betsy turned to Corey, and they were having this conversation, and they said, I think we're supposed to give thanks for even the fleas. Thank you, God, for the fleas. And they just started laughing because I'm sure that they're, you know, what can you do in that situation but cry or laugh? 
And so they just start laughing. Thank you, God, for even the fleas. Well, they realized that the fleas were the reasons that the guards were not able to come into where they were. And they had Bibles hidden. And so they started doing Bibles, Bible study with the women. And woman after woman started receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. Right there, where they were literally protected from being taken out. Now, Corey made it through, and, and she was a survivor of the Holocaust, and um, she's able to tell some of these stories. But I, I struggle with that. I struggle with even giving thanks for those horrible situations, right? Stretching. But look at the provision of the Lord, even in moments like that, where he shines through. Even the darkest parts of life, the darker the night, the brighter the day. And we get to have an eternal perspective. Look at the souls that were saved from the protection of reading scripture and the life of God that was brought into these women in that place. And I think about the situations that come our way. And um, even myself recently, you know, we, we love this space. It's so good to have this space at 2101 on Sundays. But we're pretty actively looking for another location as well. And, um, you know, kids' ministries kind of bursting at the seams over there, and we, we want something that, that we can have all week. These are good desires. And um, just a couple weeks ago, there was an opportunity that looked really, really good. And so we knocked on that door. We're pretty excited about it. And almost immediately, they were like, we don't want a church there. And I was like, okay, okay. And you know how that goes, where you, you, you're excited about something and you're like, this feels like God. And the emotions go up, right? You're like, this could be my opportunity. I finally got a call back. Sorry, Samantha, denied. So you have this hope. This could be my record deal. This could be whatever it is, fill in the blank. So for me, it was, this could be our building. <laughs> Pastor was happy. And um, it, they said no. And, you know, for, for a split second, I'm like, uh, you know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm not going to go too, too deep into this. Let's knock again. Let's, let's cover all our bases. And I really felt myself and our team, I want to props to the team. They did awesome. Where, where we just were like, you know, this is the Lord's. This belongs to him. And we knocked again. Another week goes by, and it was, it was denied. They didn't want a church there. You know what? I, I really feel that that could be disappointing, but I felt the Lord's pleasure. And he says, you and the team, and I feel like this is the culture of our church, that trust, trust is something that you can actually experience when you face a difficulty, when the mystery comes. We don't have something next yet, but there is something real within me and our team, and I believe what God's doing in this church, that here's the deal. Even if we don't find a space in six months, God is moving in this house. Yes. Lives are being changed. There is a beauty of Jesus that I am undone to be able to, to lead a church like this. I, I literally am so humbled and so grateful and I never want to make it about the thing, the solution to the thing. Because here's the deal. Either he will have us in a glorious mobile space or he will have us in a glorious permanent space. 
But if you can actually trust him, your emotions start to just have peace. And I literally am in a place open-handed, yielded, and at peace. Now, it doesn't mean that you, you stop actively pursuing the thing. You know, we still have to put ourselves out there. We still have to go to the auditions. We still have to um, pay the bills. We still have whatever it is for you. But there's something about trust where, where you can sense like, wow, I actually, I think I'm getting there. That feels really good. <laughs> feels good to know that I am learning to trust God in these areas of my life. Now, there are areas of my life that I'm still working on trust with the Lord. You will notice there is no ring upon this finger. I have never been married. I would love to be married. Um, I, 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 pa- I pause to declare this, but I shall say that historically dating as a pastor is a little awkward and hard. Just being real. I have to renew my mind to say, thank you, God. You've got this all taken care of. But this summer, I was like, Lord, I trust you in a lot of areas of my life. But that area, that area, where you at? And so, literally the picture that I had is like, Lord, I feel like all these other areas of my life, I'm letting go in yielded surrender. And this one, it feels like everyone's advice is, well, have you gone apps? Have you done this? Have you done that? Forget the spirit of God. Have you done this? Have you done that? Don't listen to the Lord. Just do some things to get married. Kind of feel how it feels sometimes. No one can relate to that, can you? And, and I was like, Lord, I trust you in all these other areas of my life. I'm, I'm a little weak on my trust here. And... I just felt myself like a little, little tiny window in my heart just open up. I was like, let your light shine upon my heart. And I tell you what, it's been, I don't know, four months or something. I can feel that like constant, like radiating light of the Lord upon that area. And I just want to encourage you guys, the areas that you are lacking trust, and maybe you know what it is in those areas, Maybe all you can do is open up a little window in your heart. (laughs) You're like, I don't got much, but there it is. (laughs) Shine your light upon it. Shine your light upon it, God. He will take that mustard seed. He will take that mustard seed. And so my encouragement is trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. He is so worth it to trust him. Literally, it is the greatest joy and fruitfulness of our lives to trust in Jesus. Oh, how sweet it is to trust in Jesus. It's like, what else is there? How can we go down any other path? It all leads to destruction. The the way to abundant life, the way to life itself, the way to the Father is through trusting Jesus. And so I just want that to stir within our hearts this morning. I've got a little more, but I want to have some ministry time. How about that? You hanging with me? All right. Um, I reached out to a few of you guys. Can you come forward? And Tyler, can I get you on keys? That'd be awesome. You know, um, if you're newer to Evergreen, we love the word of God. We've, we've just gone into Proverbs and 
Some days we, we go deeper in, in the scriptures. Um, right now, I just felt a stirring for ministry by the Spirit, the ministry of Jesus engaging in the room. We've had several weeks where we've been um, having some more in-depth sermons, and I was like, I'm just hungry for a fresh encounter with him. Like, I'm hungry for him to grip our hearts all over again. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry for Jesus, just the fresh oil to be poured out in our lives. And so this is a time where I've just invited some individuals up. Um, we, we haven't uh, planned anything. This is just a time where we can be listening into the Lord and, and seeing what he wants to do to, to do ministry within the room. You guys good to go with us? So let's, let's pray together. Yeah, Jesus, even right now, I love that you are even more excited to show your, your face to us than, than the hunger that we have to encounter you. So I pray right now, perfect love, come and move in this space. Holy Spirit, gosh, how, how rich it is to know and trust in you, God. And so we just make space right now in our hearts. Some of us are just opening that little window of our heart. We've gone through a lot. That heart's been beat up a lot. And he's like, thank you for trusting me how you can. And so we pray right now, God, that you would direct this time. And we trust you. We trust you that you get to show up and move in a space like this. So come Holy Spirit, move uniquely breathe and minister just how you want to. Just to take that verse uh, that Tommy was reading, uh, where it says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And I just felt like the Lord wanted also for you to know if those of you out there are thinking about that. Another translation says, make your path straight. And I think some of you may be thinking, I am headed the opposite direction of up. I am not going where I am supposed to go. My destination is east and I'm heading southwest but you are traveling a road that is avoiding things, responding to things that you can't see. So all your ways, with every step, acknowledge him and know in that acknowledgement, open yourself up. You're not leading on your own understanding, right? Your path is actually straighter than you know. Also felt to add to the um, Proverbs three verse five too, and another thing too. But I remember sitting at my Bible camp that I grew up at, uh, but it was as an adult. My mom was speaking 
at a conference there, and above the stage, it has Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 up there. And I, so I grew up every year going there and seeing that verse and just like, um, yeah, just like, yeah, trust, trust God. That's cool. Trust him in all areas. And I remember this, the one year that I was there, I just looked at the verse and I was just like, I was just struck. I just stopped and I saw the word all and it like blew me away. I was like, oh, all, <laughs> all, all is all. <laughs> and it's so easy as humans being humans to hold the one area or the multiple areas. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just always that, that moment in time, just all, like when I read that verse, I, I just always, I always see that plaque above the Bible camp and just like it was just like a, a changing moment for me to just be like, man, he really means that. He really means to trust him in all things. And he will, he will. The word will is will. Like there's no way he cannot make your path straight and lead you um, the way that he's leading you. And so that is just a, I don't know, continual fresh surrender call, you know? <sighs> call to surrender. Um, the other word that I was was knocking around in my mind this morning was the word belong. And I felt that God wanted to remind the people, the body of Christ, that they belong. And um, not even to a particular church body or organization or anything, but there is such a power to the word belong and belonging to God and his family and being a part of his family and what those benefits mean to you. And um, I did look up the word belong. Joshua Willis will be very proud of me here standing next to me that I am using the language and taking a deeper look at the language. <laughs> I've come so far, yeah. Um, so belonging is to be the property of. It's to be a member of a part of a particular group, organization, or class. It's being rightly placed in a specific position. <laughs> it says bony fish. The vast majority of living fish belong here. It's really powerful. <laughs> uh, in the context of the word of God in the scriptures, <laughs> um, fishers of men, look at that. Um, I had screen, taken screenshots that are not here in my phone anymore. That's interesting. Hallelujah. But I remember it was Psalm 103 was one of the verses that I wanted to read, or 103, close. And it says, well, I'm gonna read one through three. Shout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. 
serve the Lord with celebration, come before him with shouts of joy. And why would we want to do that? Because we know that the Lord is good and he made us and we belong to him. And we are his people, the sheep of his own pasture. I'm going to keep going. Enter his gates with thanks. Enter his court, courtyards with praise. Thank him. Bless his name. Because the Lord is good and his loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. And that is a testament of the, or that is what belonging is. We are with him. He, we are his generation after generation after generation. And I was just thinking about just like specific or, um, just people who come, in, whether it's coming into Evergreen or just different social situations, and just those of you who just have this feeling of like, I just don't quite like fit. I don't know where I fit. I'm like a puzzle piece that's just not quite there, or a square peg in the round hole. And I just felt like God wanted to say that you belong. You really belong. And what, <laughs> yes. And I think it ties into that all world word again. And that's an area of trust for you to explore is just trusting him. Where do, where do I belong? And you belong in the family of God. And God is your everlasting father who has such unconditional love for you and is making your path straight at all times. And you just need to continually surrender and trust him. So, bless. Okay, even before uh, I heard Tommy preach, praise God for one accordness, if that's a word. I don't know if it is, okay. Praise God, is it a, is it a word? A one accordness? I'm, okay, I'm gonna add the word. We are on one accordness. Um, even before Tommy preached this morning, I, uh, Tommy reached out to me and he said, hey, can you come minister? And I really felt from the Lord that he wanted to infuse you with faith. I think we all can use faith, right? I know I can use a little bit more faith. And I really felt uh, specifically there's individuals in this room that there's a lot of things that are happening and maybe a lot of spiritual warfare or you're hoping and a lot of things. And I just see delay, delay after delay after delay. And your heart has become sick. Uh, it says in the Bible that hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? So I really do just wanna pray that all hope deferred leaves and that God infuses you with a gift of faith because faith is the, is the assurance of things hoped for, right? So I'm just gonna pray. If that's you, can you put your hand on your heart? If you've been experiencing spiritual warfare or you're in delay and you've been putting your hope in something that is not the Lord, the Lord's saying, put my hope, put your hope in me again. So I'm just gonna pray. Jesus, I just thank you for hope, God. I thank you that our hope is not found in the things of the world. God, it's found in you. We put our hope and our faith in you right now in Jesus' name. In all heart sickness, all hope deferred, leave in Jesus' name. You have no dominion over my friends. And faith come in Jesus' name. Spirit of faith, stir up within us right now. In Jesus' name, wash away all doubt, all fear. And the second thing I felt is I really do believe that there are people in this room that are losing sleep. 
The Lord says that he gives rest to the one he loves and he loves you. So I believe that he wants to restore rest, whether it's like a chemical thing in your body that you're taking medication for, or even if it's like um, you're just losing sleep because you're stressed. Is that you? If that's you, can you raise your hand? Okay. Amen. I believe God's going to restore your sleep right now. Whether it's chemical, like I said, or if it's completely a spiritual attack, I believe God's going to heal you. So I just want you to put your hand on your heart again, if that's you. I'm just gonna pray. Jesus, I just thank you for healing. I thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, Lord, that you heal minds, God, and you heal bodies, and you rewire all of the things in our mind, God. So if it's stress, I command stress to leave. I command fear to leave. Things that they're keeping, that's keeping them up at night, any tormenting thoughts, leave in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the spirit of peace that surpasses all understanding to guard their heart and guard their mind right now. And if there's any chemical imbalance, whether it's depression or anxiety, I thank you, Jesus, for healing right now. Jehovah Rapha, meet them as the healer. I pray that they would literally feel the warmth of your presence as a sign that you're touching them right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus and continue the, the work that you started in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, this morning I was thinking about, um, I actually called Tommy last night and I was like, man, like trusting the Lord's so cool. And he's like, I think I'm talking about that tomorrow. Um, so it's so cool. Um, but I was thinking about how, like we always talk about how it's just a generic thing to trust God. Um, but I was reading the story of Moses and God's like, yo, you're going to go into the promised land and you're going to lead all of Israel there. And then Moses doesn't go into the promised land. He strikes a rock, gets angry at God, and he doesn't even get to go in. And so I was kind of sitting with the Lord and I was like, man, like, why would you tell Moses that he's going to go see the promised land? I mean, it, God's a God of his word. We know that. And I, I can confidently say in my life that in the areas that I didn't have trust in the Lord, the second I put my faith in him, the things that I was believing for, God actually pulled through on, whether it was in the moment or in a long term. I mean, whether it's 30 years from now, like if God's spoken something to you, I just wanna release this and affirm you, like if God has spoken something to you, the reason that people don't understand what God's spoken to you is because he's spoken to you and not them. And so as I'm reading the story of Moses, I'm kinda of like, dang, I love Moses. Like he, he doesn't go in. But when you look in the New Testament, there's this thing that happens called the transfiguration when Jesus like, he like glows on a mountain. That's like kind of what he does. Um, but two people appear next to Jesus when he's on the mountain, Elijah and Moses. Moses appears on the, on the mountain of transfiguration. That would be the promised land. And so I, I really was just so encouraged this morning of like, man, do I have enough faith to trust in God that the things that he's spoken to me are going to come to pass, whether I see them in the moment or not? Like if God has spoken something to you and God has put trust in you saying like, hey, I'm believing this for you. I've chosen you for this thing. Like, are you going to have the faith to believe in God that it's going to come to pass in this lifetime or the next? Whether you're in the cloud of witnesses looking down and you're watching God do what he spoke to you because you chose a young person and you poured your guts into them and you shared that vision with them. And the second thing I was believing for and I was really feeling was Malachi 4, 6 
says, and the hearts of fathers will turn to the children and the heart of children will return back to their fathers. And I really think that there's something special right now going on in LA where people always talk about how it's one of the darkest cities in America, but we're trusting the Lord right now for fathers and mothers to rise up and take young people, take, take Gen Z, take young people under their wing and pour into them and believing that God's gonna use fathers and mothers. And so I actually wanna bring Pastor Tommy up here and I just wanna extend a hand to Pastor Tommy and the leadership team and, and just pray for Pastor Tommy because I know Tommy and everyone in this church can attest to that Tommy is a father to so many. And I've never met a leader like Tommy who makes time for everybody. And so Tommy, you're a father that's been raised up for this generation. And you're a father that's been raised up for LA. And we honor you. And we're grateful for your leadership. Can we extend a hand towards Pastor Tommy as we just pray? Jesus, we're just so grateful for the Father's heart that you've extended in Tommy right now. We just thank you. We thank you for the anointing you've placed on his life. We thank you for the anointing you've placed on Evergreen. Right now, we just give thanks for allowing Evergreen to be a home for orphans, for Evergreen to be a home for the fatherless. Jesus, we're thankful for Tommy and his heart for young people. We're thankful. Tommy, I just really feel right now that that a mantle that many people have dropped that you've caught and you're plowing ground in LA with a mantle that so many have dropped. So Jesus, we're thankful for the heart Tommy has for young people. We're thankful for the Father's heart right now. We just bless him, God, and we just ask for for an increase in his life. We just ask for, for favor in his life that children would flock to Tommy that young people would flock to Tommy and that they would see him and that they could just see the Father's heart through him. Jesus, we honor Tommy and we bless him. Fill him fresh right now, Holy Spirit. We love you, God. We're so thankful for what you're doing here in Evergreen and in through Tommy, in Jesus' name. That man's changed my life. I just want to say that, like, genuinely. I was, it's, it's crazy how the, the spirit just brings everything together, because I was with people yesterday. They were like, is ministry in LA hard? And I was like, no, it's so easy. Because you just abide. And I was thinking, the only reason I know that is because of Tommy. He was, he's the first person, like, I'm 22 years old. He's the first person in my entire life I ever trusted. And he's taught me, like, now I have people like Bryce and just people around me who I can say I actually trust. And it stemmed from him just abiding with me. And so it's just funny how the Spirit works because I was praying. Like always, I don't know that I'm coming up here until Tommy gives me the look. <laughs> but I was reading John uh, 15, and it relates exactly what I said to my friend yesterday. Abiding is so much easier. And it relates exactly to Proverbs 3, where it's just trust in the Lord. The only way to abide is to trust. And so I'm just like, I think I wake up every day. I'm like, wow, I just get to abide. My job isn't ministry. It's just to abide. So I want to read John 15, and then we're going to do something really cool. Uh, it's just something I do every day. It's so lit. 
but could you maybe hold this while I read? Cool. Okay. So this is John 15. Bro, go home and read this mug. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. It's crazy. Okay. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can't even. It's crazy. Wow. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. He's not just Jesus' father. That's my father. I'm jealous for my father. He dresses me too. Oh, man. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I'm going to skip down a little bit because I really want to read this part. Verse 4, it says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is to bear much fruit. For apart from me, this is so lit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's been my prayers. I don't want to do a single thing apart from Jesus because I can't do a single thing apart from Jesus. And so something I kind of want to do is, this sounds weird. You don't have to do it but I genuinely believe it will change every single person's life in here. I want you to close your eyes. And I'm going to explain before we keep going. This comes from Genesis uh, 3, verse 4. The first thing that God does with man is he puts the breath of life, not just regular breath, the breath of life in the nostrils. And so what we're going to do is we're going to close our eyes, take the biggest breath of your entire life, and just let it out. As you do that, I just want to do that like three or four more times. And let our, our breath literally speaks Yahweh. It, the, the vibrations of our breath say Yahweh. As we go in, it is YH. And as we go out, it's WH. Uh, and so something I do constantly throughout the day is I just close my eyes because he's the light in the darkness. And I take the biggest breath of my life because he's the breath that went in my lungs. And I just really feel that the only way to trust God is to abide. And this is a, a way, a practical that I want to give you guys just as you go throughout your day to just abide in Him. So we're going to do it a few times. Just take a deep breath in. Just let it out. And just imagine Jesus with you, breathing with you. Not even saying a word, just being in your presence. Just a big breath in. Big breath out. Just keep doing that. I'm going to pray over you guys. God, I, I thank you so much for every pe- person in, in this room. I thank you that we are a people that wants to abide in you. I thank you that you are the breath of life that fills the lungs that we have. Lord, you love filling our, our, our body and our spirit, that you come inside of us and give us new breath in our lungs. I thank you that breath is necessary for us to live. So I ask that, that we would be a people in this room that would rely solely on the breath of God, that we would wake every moment and just know that it is only by, by the, the spirit inside of us. Lord, I thank you that we can't do a single thing without you, that we have to trust you. 
I thank you that, that that's my one desire. And I, I pray that everyone in here, that their, their desire, it's not ministry, it's not money, it's not jobs. It's only to sit with Jesus because nothing else matters. It will all fade. So I thank you, Jesus, that we get to abide with you. I thank you that you abide in us. Oh, man, you abide in us, and I thank you for that. I thank you that you've never left us. You never have forsaken us. I love you. I thank you for every person in here. I just ask that you would bless them with your spirit. pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen.